It's a terrible football show, all right? I want whatever you guys are smoking right now. Come on, Shane. You. OH! Ew. OH! Oh, baby, go. yeah! <laughs> Shane, I swear to God. Welcome to a terrible football show. That's my quarterback and my teammate, man. <laughs> Ruins my fucking holiday every damn year. Alex, what up? You can thoroughly kiss my ass. Why not let us decide the top four? Yeah, let a terrible football show. Let a terrible football decide the top four. Show. Fuck you, Shane. <laughs> Roll Todd. Have a good one, guys. Oh, Have a good one. Oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, he's got to go. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Uh, you know, I like that Baker Mayfield and myself. Man, he was baking up there in the Browns, and it just turned into a big old shit pile. So- <laughs> Get that right. I will fly you out and take you to a game in Dallas of your fucking choice. Ooh. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's successful at just giving his terrible opinions, so why can't I? It's a terrible football show, after all. Welcome to Terrible Football Show, episode DeMarcus Ware, episode 94. Hopefully you're having a phenomenal day today. Whatever day you're watching this, you're watching it live, watching that fact, listen to that fact, no matter what, we appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, we got Ricky here. Ricky, how you doing on DeMarcus Ware Day? Great, you know, great former Dallas Cowboy. I think he's Hall a Dallas Cowboy Hall of Famer. Should be all that good stuff. But yeah, that's uh, a good day today. Beautiful day. It's been a Real beautiful. beautiful. Last couple of days been real beautiful outside, and I know yesterday we reached uh, past seventy down here. I don't know yep. if it reached past seventy up there or not, yep. but it was uh, it was a pretty warm day yesterday. Yep, yep. Rick, Rick and I chat for a little bit on the phone yesterday, and Ricky's just like, "Man, it's too beautiful day to be at work," and I'm just like, "Ha ha, jokes on you! I get to be outside." <laughs> yeah, yep. so I got to enjoy the weather. It is beautiful weather going on right now, since which is nice compared to the shitty weather we just recently had. So. Uh, but it's a beautiful weather day for a beautiful episode of a terrible football show. Uh, the Super Bowl is set. It's the Super Bowl no one wanted, but it's still going to be a good game. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. But it's the game that no one wanted. Uh, anyway, so we'll kind of talk about our thoughts on the championship games. We do have boop, 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 mock drafts 1.0s. So looking forward to mock draft season. It's going to be fantastic. Love some mock drafts. Love predicting everything horribly wrong. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Uh, but what I also can't wait for is it, for you to go down to the link below and pick up some Rogue Energy with promo code Sparky30 to get 10% off your order. It's delicious. And also buy a jersey because they're great. I don't have mine on right now. I'm still wearing my work clothes because I literally just got home not long ago. I was watching the PlayStation State of Play, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, so I just kind of came out here still in work clothes. We're going at it. It's time to go to work with ATFS. Join the Discord as well. You can come chat with us. It'll be a great time, I promise. Uh, let's turn down the music. Let's start getting into stuff. Uh, we've had a lot of news in the, in these past few days, you know, before we jump into the championship. You know, shout to the Bears hiring uh, Thomas Brown, former Panthers OC. Uh, he just kind of got forced to kind of put in the OC spot. I know the Panthers weren't that great, but him being brought in as a passing game coordinator. This is a guy who got NFL head coaching interviews, OC interviews. And it's a guy that's just like, you know, you're he's someone you want on your staff. You know, in one year – of being in Sean McVay's system, he immediately got promoted to assistant head coach over in LA. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's a he's a he's a leader. 
you know, this is the kind of guy that we need on the staff. So we're really pumped up about this hire to add on to the offensive staff, the great offensive staff that we've built. So that's great. Uh, Seattle's got their head coach, Mike McDonald, defense coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Falcons got their head coach, Raheem Morris. I don't know if we chatted about that last week. And then Tampa Bay, uh, not Carolina, got their head coach as well, Dave Canells, the OC from Tampa Bay. I think the last job left is Washington, right? I do believe so. I believe you are correct. Which, uh, big shock, Ben Johnson, OC of Detroit Lions, coming back to the Lions for unfinished business. Uh, apparently, the reports are, which I was seeing these reports probably about six weeks ago. So if I saw it six weeks ago and now they're resurfacing, kind of tells me they were probably true. Apparently, he was just asking for an ungodly amount of money uh, to be a HC. You know what I mean? Like that was the report about six or six to eight weeks ago. And now that reports are coming back out now that uh, he's turned down jobs from Seattle and Washington. He also said, you know, apparently the reports are he just wants to win a Super Bowl, so that kind of indicates he doesn't think he can win one in one of those locations, which is f definitely I fair mean, for Washington. You got to have <laughs> – I mean, yeah, you got to have some kind of financial security, though, especially if you yeah. go to somewhere like Seattle and Washington, who were at literally least Washington. At, at least the Washington. bottom of the league – do what now? At least Washington, Seattle. You know they weren't too bad. They have a decent. They have a. They have a good foundation. You know what I mean. But Washington, whoo, different story. But both teams, both teams were dead last, and next to next to last, with uh, as far as defensive rating goes last year. So they were both pretty bad as far as the defensive side goes. You do have more of a chance of winning a if you wanted to win a Super Bowl now or compete right now. Seattle would be the place. The only issue is, Alex, L.A. is probably going to get better next year now that they have a year underneath these new guys that are around Matt Stafford. And considering the fact that they were a point guy of, of beating the Detroit Lions, they're possibly going to be pretty good again next year. San Francisco's not going to go anywhere. So wh wh where's that going to leave Seattle? I mean, not yeah. everybody can win in that division. So it's actually, it's, I mean, they're almost in the same, they're in the same boat that Washington's in. Washington's done. We're near ready to, to make a division run, even with Philly struggles, even with the Cowboys postseason struggles. They're not ready for, they're not ready for that next level yet. It's not even close. Yeah. And honestly, man, um, you know, even though I, you know, I'm obviously a Chicago Bears fan, seeing this news, I'm so pumped for Detroit. You know what I mean? Because like, I just want to see Detroit succeed. They were so close, so damn close. So for them to get a very key piece back with Ben Johnson, hey man, I'm happy for Lions fans, guys. Like I really am. They're like that's awesome. I, I want to see the Lions succeed. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing to see the turnaround for this team. And with that, let's jump right into it. You know, let's jump into the championship games, the NFC championship game. You know, Detroit blew a big lead, man, 17 points up going to the second half. You know, there was a lot of questionable calls in that second half of going for it and stuff. But, you know, the thing is, like, you know, that's just how this Detroit Lions team plays. That's how Dan Campbell plays. And I know there's a, there's a side of it of, you know, you can't always go for it, you know. Sometimes you got to make you got to make the call, you know, just kick the field goal, whatever. That could have been six more points that they had. But you know what, man? That's what me and you are saying as people that are not fans of the Detroit Lions. The reception that I have seen from Detroit Lions fans is they are totally okay with what happened because it is because while yeah. while those calls could have maybe put them in a better position, those calls is what is this Detroit Lions team that got them there. You know, you know, like to make the lines relevant, being gutsy, 
carrying a wheelbarrow around in front of you at all times. That's what made this team this team. So, like, honestly, man, I have seen very little negativity from Lions fans. In my, at least that I've seen on my timeline. Everyone's just like, hey, you know, it sucks that we went out that way, but you know what? Like, we're relevant again. We are relevant, and we are relevant because of Dan Campbell. We are relevant because of this gutsy play calling. We are relevant because we carry a wheelbarrow around in front of us at all times and go for it on ridiculous situations. You know, that works, and it's part of the game. So that, that's been the interesting thing for me this week is seeing the media and seeing non-Detroit Lions fans rip, rip this man apart, and I totally understand why. But it's just a different – it's real interesting to see the Lions fans react to it where it's just like, you know, this sucks – but you know what? Hey, I, I still trust this man 100% because he got us to where we are. He made us relevant. So that's been the interesting thing for me. What about you? What What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on everything I just kind of talked about with the Lions fans and kind of how they're feeling about it? I mean, they should feel good about it. I mean, it gives them it gives them some kind of hope, and they haven't had hope in forever. True. And so, I mean, and that's and that's usually you know something good that comes from a football program, which. Like I've said many times in the show, Detroit Lions for many years with the Vanderbilt of the NFL. Yeah. They're irrelevant. They haven't made any they have not made any good drafts. They haven't made any good trades. All of a sudden the last four or five seasons, you've started to see this Detroit Lions program start to slowly build up to what they are now. A lot of people scratch their head whenever they got rid of Matt Stafford for Jared Goff, because everybody's like, Well, you know, Matt Stafford going to L.A., he went to Super Bowl in L.A. Oh, great. You know, they made the right choice by, by doing that, where at the same time, Jared Goff is still trying to build. And then all of a sudden, it just took a few more draft picks, a few yep. more years of development. They took their time. They were patient. And now they've got a very, very good a very good program. They've got a defensive player named Aiden Hutchinson, who is a very, who is a fantastic Fantastic player. You've got several key players. Still mad at Jackson, should I though. mention a rookie? Should I mention a rookie? Should I mention a rookie named Jameer Gibbs? Yep. Who I who I I wish I was drafted with the Dallas Cowboys. Please let me draft with the Dallas Cowboys, please. Because I said it last year. If you don't, if you don't get what's his, I can't remember the other guys down the top of my head. Um, if you don't get him, get Jameer Gibbs. And what did they do? They got Mozzie. Uh, anyways, now. They're, you know, into my Dallas Cowboy rant. Um, but you know, you know, I, 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 all, I hate that they got put in that situation where, um, it opens the media to I trash hate them. They got, it, it, exactly, and mm -hmm. the media just needs to shut up on this. Celebrate the fact that we we're celebrating the Detroit line. Let these people celebrate for crying out loud. Yeah. And I have no problem with them. I have no problem with the gutsy play clause. I have no problem with them going forward on fourth down. I have no problem with any of that because you sometimes here's the thing. He's in a situation where it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Guess what happens if 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 they win that ball game. He gets a lot of praise in the media. Oh, good gutsy call going for it on fourth down. But since he lost, oh, you shouldn't have gone for it. So it's like make up your damn mind already. This, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm root for I'm still root for the Detroit Lions team. Um, I, and you know next season I don't know if they're going to win the division as easy as they wanted this year. I've got to see. I've got to see. You know. What moves is Green Bay going to try to make to surround Jordan Love? We know Jordan Love has had very good success as of late, um, and he's just going to get even better. We got to see what Minnesota's going to do with Kirk Cousins because we saw, you know, Kirk Cousins playing quarterback. They won. 
I mean, they were they were win they were starting to come back. They were starting to win. So we got to see what moves they're going to make. But at the, but I I still think that this Detroit Lions program, this team with Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson is their OC. I think they can come back and, and try it again next year. And there's no harm, no foul on it. I I think they're gonna they're they're at least gonna compete next year. Hundred percent. Because another important thing to note in all this is not only did they get Ben Johnson back, they got Aaron Glenn back, defense coordinator, who was also getting HC uh, interviews as well. So I mean, you're bringing the whole band back together. You know what I mean? Now you just need some good free agency moves. You need uh, some good some good drafting, which I, honestly they've proven they can do. I mean, like they've they've been nailing it. I mean, past two years alone, right? They have nailed it on their first round draft picks. Okay, like year before, Panay Sewell and uh, Jameson Williams. Okay, nailed it on both. This past year, everyone shit on them for these picks because of the positioning of the picks. Like you're saying, J- Jamar Gibbs yep. and stuff. You know, great pickup there. But like, let's be honest. I think everyone was shocked that he got drafted at twelve, and then they draft. Uh, Jack uh, Jack Campbell, who I loved so much, and I even had him as a first-round grade, and they draft him at, like, what, 18? No one saw that coming, right? But the, the thing is, it's so great about this about their drafting approach. They are drafting guys that they just like and fit their system. So, honestly, spoiler alert, every single prediction that we're going to make for mock drafts this whole mock draft season, in my opinion, Lions are going to be the hardest one to predict. <laughs> <laughs> they yep. are going to be yep. the hardest one to predict because like I was looking at mine earlier I feel good about my pick for him but it's and I feel like this is the player they're going to look at but man it's just like god bless they could look at so many players that would go like early third and yep. end up being a superstar <laughs> yep I agree I agree no I mean it, it is a damned if you don't damned if you do kind of thing I mean because it's the same thing the only time that I fully like will stand my ground and like, all right, you, you probably should have kicked the field goal was against your, I think it was against your Cowboys when they made the, when they made the two point, right. Got penalized and then got moved back even further back and still went for it. That was a case where I probably would like after the penalty, you know what I mean? I probably would have kicked the field goal and tied it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the only one, the yeah, one, yeah. The, the ones they did this game, like one of the, one of the things that I came across is people talking. It's like, you know, if we would have kicked the field goals and still somehow lost, like I understand point wise, we would have technically been ahead, but if we would have lost, like I would have felt worse about that than how I feel now of the fact that at least we're consistent in our play calling and going for it. Which that's also some things that I've come across. Like that's one thing players love is that they just love a guy, that, a coach that's going to be consistent. You, you know, he's going to stay the same. That's Dan Campbell, man. So I mean, like it does suck for the Lions. You hate to see it, you know. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, I mean, they the, they collapsed in the second half. The defense collapsed. I mean, like you can blame it on yep. those calls all you want, but there it, it go. This is a team game. You know, there's two sides to it. Defense collapsed, and and the offense couldn't get the job done either. In the second, it's it's a team game, guys. You know what I mean? Because it's like, uh, it's funny, one random example. Now, granted, I think everyone on planet Earth that watches football can agree it was a massive blown call. But it's like, you know, I saw like the little interview with like Barstool and Jared Goff earlier this year where they talked about bad calls and they talked about the NFC Championship game, Rams Saints, and they asked Jared, would he ever apologize to Saints fans? Like, oh, no, absolutely not. And he was joking, you know, joking. He's like, I mean, was it called pass interference? No, it wasn't pass interference. You know, just memeing about it. But his his <laughs> argument also, which is a very fair argument, they had a chance to score in overtime. They didn't score. They did. 
You know, so, I mean, it's it's the same thing here. It's like, while, yeah, they could have kicked field goals here at the same time, the defense didn't stop the 49ers. It's a team game. So, uh, sucks the Lions. I mean, kudos to uh, the 49ers. Kudos to Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, the game manager. <laughs> that conversation's gotten real loud. Um, you know, kudos to him. He's just setting himself up for a very, very large contract. So, uh, happy to see you on that front. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, NFC Championship game, great game. Just hate to see how it ended. I was very, I was very upset watching it. Uh, I felt the pain for the Lions, man. As a, you know, I did. And then uh, over on the other side, AFC Championship, Chiefs come out on top over the Ravens, man. Ravens just didn't show up. That simple. Did no. not show up. No. No, uh, and I was, you know, and that's the thing. I was surprised, you know, there was only three points scored in the entire second half. It was a defensive juggernaut, which is something I love. I yeah. love defensive juggernaut games. My favorite, one of my favorite defensive games that I've actually seen in person was, oh gosh, what year was that? I think it was 2013, maybe 2014. It was one of the years that Alabama came to Arkansas. I'd have to look it up. The final score was 14 to 13 Alabama. And the only reason, the only reason that Alabama, well, the biggest reason Alabama won was because we miffed an extra point like badly. Like the holder did hold the holder didn't even catch the ball. It was so bad yeah. anyways. And then, um, and then of course that game, we, uh, oh, trying to remember who their receiver was that year. Big, big time receiver, uh, that Alabama had, we held him to two catches the entire game. And I'll remember the receiver here in a little bit. Uh, but, uh, cause he likes a big time. What is it? Calvin. No, it wasn't Calvin. It wasn't mm. Calvin. It's further back than Calvin. Okay. And so yeah, f- yeah, yeah, f- further back than Calvin. Um, but um, damn, what was his name? <laughs> I'll get here in a little bit. But I mean, either way though. But it's like I I love these defensive juggernaut games. And this right here though, it just it just proves to the fact that the Chiefs do not have to necessarily rely on their offense to score. And their defense has really, really stepped up in this postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of this is it's it's so interesting because I, like many people, rode the Chiefs off this year. I said there's just something wrong with this team. Something's not clicking with this team. Too many drop passes throughout the season. Uh, at times, I mean, you look at some of the teams they lost to. They lost to the Denver Broncos. They lost to the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Terrible teams that you would think, hey, you know, I mean, I understand it's the NFL. Nothing surprised me the NFL. But you get my thing. They were so inconsistent up and down this year that you, I, I didn't think I didn't think they had a Super Bowl run in them. And here they are. They proved me wrong once again. So, you know, shout out to that. But uh, I, I hate it probably more for Lamar Jackson than I do anyone because the fact is that Lamar Jackson, he's probably going to win the MVP and well-deservedly so, but he still can't get past that grip in the playoffs. He has one, I think one, maybe two playoff wins in his entire career so far. And that's, that's, that's not what you want to be remembered for. Yeah, and I just pulled up uh, uh, odds for MVP favorite, and Lamar is still leading. Honestly, I thought that was going to change after that game. I really did. I thought it. I thought we were going to see a big shift, but it's still like minus eight thousand that Lamar is going to win it. It's like God, I would I would make that a little bit lower in my opinion. I feel like there are some other candidates to consider in my mind. Um, but I will say, in terms of that that game, I mean, like I hate it for Lamar too because it's like. It's the narrative, you know. You know, it's that it's the same narrative about Lamar Jackson that he just can't get it done. He's got this big contract, and it's like, you know, 
it, it sucks for the Ravens because starting next year, things are going to get very tough with them from a contractual standpoint, you know, like, cause that's when his contract that he signed is going to really start to impact the team's salary cap. So it's like going forward, it's like, it's yep. just going to get tougher and tougher for the Ravens to, you know, really compete and bring talent in. Um, and when and that's it co- any team though, with that's any team with quarterback situation because they're paying the quarterbacks most, most of the cap. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why so many teams want to try to capitalize as much as they can on these rookie deals. Like what the 49ers are doing, making trades for like a chase young and stuff like that. While you still have Brock on a cheap deal. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, his contract's coming up, but I mean, like you get, you surround him with talent while you can before, you know, the big, the big hit of a quarter. Cause I mean, we, we see what quarterbacks are going for. Look what Daniel Jones signed. He doesn't deserve that. But it's the it's the market, you know what I mean? It's the market of quarterbacks. I mean, that's just, and that's just the, that's the state that we're in with with QBs and salary caps right now. And honestly, and we'll chat about this in a bit when we get to our mock drafts. That's that's the issue that the Bears are are facing of keep Justin or draft Caleb is like if you keep Justin, you're gonna have to sign him. And and we see what and the thing is, let's let's let let let's agree on something. If the Bears signed Fields. You cannot pay him lower than Daniel Jones. Are we in agreement on that? No. Like, you, you just can't. I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. I disagree. Daniel Jones has been in the playoffs. Daniel Jones has actually shown very good success. I, I disagree the with that. Thing when, Look, I disagree with you no, on that Hang one. on, though. Hi, but hang on, though. Daniel Jones has, has shown decent success in New York with the exception of this past season. This past season was the worst. And I think he got injured toward the end of the year anyway. But I'm just telling, like in, like, in general, that entire organization is in a dumpster fire. Worse off right now than than what the uh, Chicago Bears are. Whoa. Way worse off than what the Chicago Bears Whoa. are. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just telling you. It's I'm just telling you. You don't go from a team who is competing in the NFC East because they were one of the three contenders last year. You remember last last season. It was Philly, Dallas, then it was New York. They were very, very competitive in the in the uh, in the East last year, and they were one of three teams that made the playoffs last year. No, Daniel Jones has shown very, very decent success, and yes, I understand that he may not be may not look look the part or whatever it is, but no, I I no no he no hell no. In my opinion, right now, Daniel Jones probably is not is going to have a bigger payday right now than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has got to make the playoffs. He's got to have a winning record. He's he's not had that yet. Daniel Jones has. Now, while I understand where you're coming from, I also want to point out Daniel Jones had one okay year, and that was last year. Every other year that he's had this year and even his previous years have been garbage. It was literally pretty much just his first year with Brian Dayball. Like, and when it comes to Justin Fields, I mean, like, we can both agree he's been screwed from the get-go. In terms of a talent standpoint, what he can bring to the table, he brings more to the table than Daniel Jones. I will die on my hill on that one. Daniel Jones is so ungodly uh-huh. overrated. Like he doesn't deserve the money that he's got. He's a he's barely a top twenty quarterback in my opinion. Barely. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't put Justin Fields any much higher than that. I wouldn't put he him much higher. Anything. I'm not saying he's much higher, but he's higher than Daniel Jones. That's my point. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying wins wins and losses matter. That's all I'm saying. Wins and losses matter. And that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I mean, anyway, so but you know, back to the point of the quarterback, uh, you know, contract stuff. You know, that that's the issue that the Ravens are about to start facing, right? Is you know they're going to face that issue where it's going to be tougher to get talent in because their quarterback contracts coming in. That's where teams really want to try to maximize getting wins on a quarterback who's got a low contract, a rookie deal, or whatever the case is, before they got to pay him. 
So, I mean, that, that's going to be the crappy part for the Ravens going forward. But when it comes to the Chiefs, I mean, you know, you're right, man. They, they, they struggled so much this year. They lost six games. They lost the Lions. They lost to the, uh, you know, the, the, the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, the Bills, the Packers. Um, uh, I don't remember the other one. Um, but, you know, the, a lot, you know, the Eagles. They lost the Eagles, and the Eagles went downhill after that. Um, but, you know, they had so much struggle throughout the year. But then just the Chiefs being the Chiefs, man. Turning it on when it mattered. I mean, dude, Patrick Mahomes started like, what, 14 for 14 this game? Travis Kelsey went easily over 10 catches over 100 yards. Like, once I saw Patrick was 14 for 14 in the first half, I'm just like, all right, no matter what the Ravens do, this game's done. The, the Chiefs are on it right now. You know what I mean? Like, the Chiefs are, are clicking. Like, I, I, it's, it's going to be tough for me to see the Ravens coming back in this. It, it, it is, and that's how it ultimately played out, which sucks for them. You know, especially sucks for all of us that wanted the Lions-Ravens Super Bowl. Um, instead, we, we get the rematch in 2019, or uh, you know, the 2019 season. or Well, yeah, 2019 season. Uh, which, let's not forget a very important thing. Ricky, watch out. Watch out about something, okay? When they played that Super Bowl, keep in mind, it's I... the year 2020. So, right after that, the world shut down. So, I want to watch out. The world might shut down here in about a month. Just be, 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 be prepared. You know, we got we got the rematch to shut down the world. So, uh, but the bottom line though, it's going to be a damn good game. You know that that's I, I expect it to be an incredible game. You know, um, Brock Purdy to me is so much damn better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I feel like this team can really get the job done on in the air and on the ground. Now, granted, the Chiefs defense they do a pretty damn good job against receivers. So it's going to be a lot of passes to Christian McCaffrey, a lot of passes out of the backfield. Debo Samuel, you know, getting involved on in the, out of the backfield and stuff, but. I mean, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Defensive battle for sure, especially with how good that Chiefs defense have been. Oh, my God. Defensive battle. Uh, dude, it's going to be a damn good game. So that's going to be the main thing. But, again, it's just the game that nobody wanted. <laughs> it's the game that nobody wanted. I think it was Detroit. I think as long as the Detroit Lions would have made it, no one would have cared as long as the Detroit Lions made it. I, I think you're right, man. As long as they would have made it in, I think everyone collectively would have just cheered like, oh, God, yes, here we go. Um, but it, right? it, it is what it is. And mostly everyone's upset just because it's like they didn't want to see a Taylor Swift Super Bowl is ultimately what it was. It's fine. It's, it's, okay. it's whatever. So here we go. Here we go. I got, I got some stats pulled up for you. You ready for this? Yeah, hit me. All right, so, and just to be fair, I'm comparing their first three years because that's all Justin Fields has so far as three years. All right? Well, Daniel Jones is going to win in this in a landslide, but. That's what I'm saying. He's got the stats to prove it. Justin Fields does it. Yeah, but look at the team differences. <laughs> Even, look at the team differences. I don't, I don't care. How can you not care when, you put on the field. when the it's Bears team last year was probably one of the worst teams to You're... grace a field. Like the team okay, so that graced the field hang last on, year on. is in the same realm as the as Trevor Lawrence's rookie year where everyone considers it a wash because of the coaching in Jacksonville. In this here's, case, it's that we didn't have a team. Here's where I'm going to disagree. Here's where I'm going to disagree. The three of them have something in common. They have losing records their first three years. Daniel Jones only has one winning season. That was last year. Yep. And barring injuries, they could have competed this year. But, and like I said, there's it's a dumpster fire up there. But I'm telling you, this is a fair comparison. It's a it's a totally fair comparison. Of course, he's going to win in a landslide. Justin Fields is yet to have he this past season was his first season with 2,500 yards passing, the lowest 
that we've seen Daniel Jones have was his third year. We had 2,428 yards. In the first three years, this is this is Daniel Jones. Here we go. Daniel Jones right here. He had a 3-9 record his rookie season. Uh, completed 61.9% of his passes for 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, the very next year, he had 29-43 for 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Not a great year at all. He was 5-9. Then he was 4-7 his third year with 2,400 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. And that, of course, he, didn't play the, he only played 11 games uh, that season. The only 2,500-yard season that Justin Fields has had so far was this past year. The only difference is he only he played 13 games. So and, and, and that's that was this year, rookie year. He had a 58.9% completion rate for 1,870 yards. He had seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, last season he was uh, he he played off he played 15 games. He was three and 12 with a 60% passing completion rate, 2,200 yards. And this year was his best season with 13 games, five and eight. Uh, with a 61.4% completion. So you're dealing with a quarterback who barely breaks 60%. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still in way less passing yards. Yeah, you can give him the rush yards because he does scramble a little bit. But I'm still telling you, like, if you look at QBR, you look at the rating, you look at whatever you want to, Daniel Jones is a better quarterback. Look, I understand the stats, right man, but you are not looking right at the teams. That's the difference. You're not looking at the team. The Justin boat. has been hurt every year. In 2022 Bears, Jones. 2022 Bears was barely a functioning team. You could have put college players on that team immediately, and they probably would have been better than the team that we had. We dumped every contract that we could for the 2020 year to set us up for 2023. We had no receivers. 2020 was the dumpster fire of Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor as the coaching staff. The teams have been terrible. And look, I'm telling listen, you, look, so listen. has the Giants. With the ex- I'm talking about their first three years. I compared their first three years. I didn't say last year's stats. Trust me, you don't want to go to last year's stats. I'm aware. Then I've look, got your I get it. Listen, I'm just saying. I get it. I'm just saying. But it, I will argue I'm the Giants you, teams general, have been better. I, look, what, look, I want I want to make one no, thing clear. I'm not no. trying to make the big argument that Justin's up here and Daniel's down here. I'm making the argument that Justin's here and Daniel's here. That's the argument I'm making in terms of their skill set, what they bring to the table. I understand stats say differently, but you can say that about all sorts of quarterbacks on who's the better. Because we're all going to say that Joe Montana is the number two quarterback of all time, but who? But I mean, there are going to be quarterbacks down at like the number 10, 12, 13, or 14 spot you'd put that have a lot more yards or TDs than him. We can argue stats all day, but it's like Justin brings more to the table than Danny Dimes. I'll, I'll die on my hill on that. Bears, the Bears teams have been so damn bad. So have the Giants. Not as That's what bad as the Bears. You. Yes, they have. Like, we had historically bad defense last year. Oh, my gosh. Dude, historically the bad two. O-line. It's the Giants. They're the freaking Giants. They're the, they're the <laughs> least of the two teams around that area. I didn't know this was going to turn into a At Justin least... Fields Danny Dimes debate. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, That's the beauty of ATFS. I'm just you don't know you, what's coming. I'm just, I'm just now. Let me say this clearly. 
I'm not saying Daniel Jones deserves the money that he deserves. That's fair. But I'm not paying. I'm not paying Justin Fields Daniel Jones money. It's not happening. Ba- he look. has. He there is nothing. Listen, and I under. I get it. I get it. But when you are an organization that is a dumpster fire plus, a dumpster fire plus, and you for a quarterback in the NFL to get paid. They have to set a mark. They have to set their own mark. You've seen it from Tom Brady from the time he was in Tampa. Uh, excuse me, Tampa. Not just Tampa. I'm talking about the New England Patriots at this point. From the time he was in New England, he set his mark, and it took some time. The same thing with Peyton Manning. The same thing with all these other great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith, and he and then Alex Smith got injured. That's when he got his start. What happened? He set his mark. Yes, they had a good team that surrounded him, but he made them better. When you are a quarterback in a dumpster fire, you have to be able to set your mark. He may do that next year if the Bears decide to keep him, which they should keep him. But I'm telling you right now, the Giants organization is just as bad as the Chicago Bears. Plain and simple. Take last year out of the equation. If you took last year out of the equation, their records are the same the last five years. I guarantee it. We're going to have to agree to disagree, or we'll never move on. <laughs> okay, we'll move, we'll move on. I will another, say. Another time for another I day. I will say. Go Daniel Jones. I would never pay Daniel Jones the money they got paid. We definitely can agree on that. And in a normal world, I also, with that same argument, I would not pay Justin Fields that money. But due to the market of the quarterback money space, I would pay Justin Fields that money. Does that does that make any kind of sense? The way I'm trying to phrase it, it's like you don't want to pay him yeah, that, but, but it, it's would. the it's the market. You know, like th- that that's kind of where I'm at. Here's the issue: you pay him that money, he doesn't develop any more than what he already has, and I'm not saying he's not going to. Because trust me, I'm rooting for the kid. You pay him that money, you're gonna have another five to ten long years. Yep. Of waiting for something else to happen. That's the story so of the Bears. I, I, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I'm, I'm not paying him. I'm not hey, paying him that kind hey, of money right now. Hey, you, keep you, in mind. You, you keep can, in mind. The Bears don't with, even have a four thousand yard passer. That's the story of the Bears, man. <laughs> with the market, with the market that it is set today, you could probably argue he's worth fifteen to twenty million right now, as far as a quarterback goes, just because of how the market that's works. Backup levels, but basically. as far as like paying him, pay, what? That's like backup levels, basically. Backup levels don't get paid that much. I, I mean, mean, shit, Daniel uh, Jones getting name? paid like forty million, forty-five mil. What are you talking about? He's not a backup; he's a starter. I know, but that's forty-five mil for a mid-range he, QB. But last year he did so well. He was a mid-range QB last year. He wasn't top ten last year. I disagree. He was not top ten last year. I'll, 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 I'll say, I'll say top twenty. Sure, he was not top ten last year. No shot. He was nowhere close to when we did our player rankings last year. We only did top fives then, but he wasn't even in the conversation. I'll give you that much, but even then, it's still he made the he made the playoffs, and hey, he they won a game in made the playoffs. The playoffs. They Gotta give him that much. Game. They won a game. It's a team game. Oh, good God! Also, shout out to Tyler. Shout out to Tyler. Tyler is in the chat. He still won. Tyler says that Danny Dimes is a franchise QB, but he also says that Fields. Thank you. He says Fields is also a franchise QB, and Chicago needs to keep him. 
He also made sh- he also made sure to shout out the Brotherhoods. Shout out to the Brotherhood, baby. Go Hawaii. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. If they if they pay him the the kind of quarterback money, they uh, then guess who else? Danny Dimes is going to be getting paid a little bit more. I'm just saying. I'm not paying him like I'm, I'm paying Dan, that they're paying Daniel Jones. They ain't touching that not contract. Not happening. They ain't touching that contract. Let's the pay. Not cut. happening. Giants ain't t- touching that pay cut that, that that contract. They ain't touching it. They ain't paying him more. <laughs> they, they ain't paying not him right more. now. They're no, not. They ain't touching he wins. A, he wins. He he wins a Super Bowl. And you'll be you'll be saying otherwise. He'll be winning Super Bowls in Madden. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that, let's 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 jump into mock drafts because you know, obviously the Bears is kind of a hot topic in this whole thing with Justin Fields. Let's, oh, let's jump into oh, mock oh, drafts. Oh, before before we move on, Daniel Jones was number six at QBR last year. So there you go. Yeah, one rating. Okay, he's still not a top hey, QB. Hey, I'm just all saying. Things I'm across just saying. The board, hey, baby. QBR. It's important. QBR is an over QBR is an overall rating of a quarterback. That is a very very good statistic. It is. But there's a lot more to it. He was number six. I'm just saying. I put him at my 15th best. <laughs> you said he went last top ten. Fifteen. <laughs> also, uh, I told Tyler. You know, I was me and Tyler. We were talking about um, your Mountain West team. Uh, that you got to have a Mountain West team. Uh, Tyler thinks that you should be a, a fan of the Fresno State Bulldogs because at least they can stay competitive. <laughs> they can stay competitive in the Mountain West. I thought I thought that's you'd be a true. I thought you'd be a Lobo Very guy, true. but he's just like Lobo stinks. I'm just like that's true. Yeah, I, I, I can't root for anything in Mexico. It's just not it's just not happening. Or New Mexico with that, can't, I can't do that. So Fresno State could be your team. Could could be your team. Fresno I don't know State. About that. So they're, they're about to be inconsistent in the next couple of years. So I mean, they can't pay well, well, what about just going with the basic answer and going Boise State? You get a blue field. I hate Boise State. All right, fair enough. Uh, I do want to visit. I do want to visit the Boise. I do want to visit Boise, Ohio. I do want to go to one of their games and see the Blue Field. I do want to do that. Yeah, I mean that's fair. There's a lot of cool ass fields out there. So anyway, all right, let's get to mock draft time. Mock draft, mock draft. One point Let's do it. Mock draft one point Let's go. All right, so. I don't remember if I said this on the show. I know I said it to you privately that I was going to do two mock drafts, one where we keep fields, one where we trade fields. Uh, I have now decided yeah, against that. Uh, and the reason why, regardless of personal feelings, I'm just telling you right now, we're going to get rid of fields. We're, we are drafting a QB. Like I'm telling you as a Bears fan, seeing what... Time out. Hold, stop, no, listen, stop, listen, stop, listen, stop, listen. Stop, 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 Listen, I'm telling you... You just argued with me five minutes ago. It's not my opinion. They need to pay it's just... It's not a, my <laughs> opinion. I'm tell look, I'm going for accuracy on my mock drafts. Accuracy. Okay, okay. And I'm you. telling you, as a Bears you. fan, I am ninety-seven percent sure that we are drafting a QB and we are getting rid of fields based on what I'm seeing. Okay, on in the landscape. Like one good little example in terms of the landscape, the fact that Ben Johnson did not accept the Washington job is apparently because the word around the league is the Bears have told teams they are keeping the number one pick. I, I, look, I'm just telling. As much as I don't want this that to happen, mean they're going to get a quarterback. If you, if the Bears are keeping the number one pick, they're drafting Caleb Williams. I'm t- I'm telling you right now, I don't want this to happen. Let me stress: this is not my personal desire and hope. I'm just telling you what I am hearing. This is the verdict that I'm hearing. I, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you for your future mocks. I would probably go ahead and lock Caleb in at one. 
Even if me, even if me and you disagree right. with it, I'm just saying for accuracy, if we want to go for accuracy on mock drafts, that's what's going to happen. So with that said, my number one pick for Chicago Bears will be Caleb Williams. I I think Chicago's gonna, you know, I think Chicago's gonna surprise everyone. I would love to see and that. And surprise you and and you're gonna and I'm I cannot wait until the draft night when you're jumping up and down, you're celebrating, you're saying, Screw the rest of the draft. We got our guy and your guy's Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they're I still it. now I could be wrong. Like you're you're the Bears guy. You're you're the Bears franchise guy. You're you are the guy. And I will I, and you know I'll start doing research as well. But I'm, I, I think if if they're going to – they need to believe in Justin Fields. And I, I'm telling you, this is one of those situations. You've got to get this guy. You've got to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm telling you, he's going to be a beast in the NFL. I agree. I, I'm going to hope Chicago is going to do the unthinkable. They're going to shock the world, Marvin Harrison Jr., Man, I really hope so. I, I keep replaying the whole dumb draft day movie in my head where the Browns traded up to one, going to draft Bo Callahan, and then they end up drafting Vontae Mack anyway and running with the QB yep. they already had. I'm praying we have that happen, and it's just a movie fairy tale. Because I would, I, I want to see Justin with this coaching staff. Man, we, this is one of the best coaching staffs assembled that the Bears have probably ever had. Like This is one of the best offensive coaching staffs, legitimately. I'm not even joking. So I would love to see it, but, man, just all signs that I've seen, all signs that I follow with all the Bears insiders and reporters up in Chicago, all tells me it's going to be Caleb Williams. So, anyway, second pick. For me, I'm going to go a little bit of a surprise here with Washington. I'm not going to go Drake May. I'm going to go Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is getting a lot of hype right now for top five, and honestly, I think depending on who they hire as HC, I think Jaden is going to potentially be that guy that's going to go to Washington and be their guy. You know, it's, it's going to, now that one, it could, my opinion on that could change once they hire their head coach. But right now, I'm feeling Jane Daniels to Washington. So um, you and I agree on this. And here, here's, the, here's the reason why. And this is because, and this is why I think if Chicago passes up on Caleb Williams, this is the reason why I think Washington's going to pick Jaden Daniels up. I'm going to tell a small story real quick. Magic Johnson is a part owner in this Washington organization. I don't know how much power he has as far yeah. as draft goes or anything like that. But if there's any kind of say-so that he has, he is facing a very, very similar situation than when he faced in L.A. I think it was the 28 – I need to look it up, but I think it was the 2018 draft when they drafted Lonzo Ball. He wanted De'Aaron Fox. And he, he wanted Darren Fox for many reasons. Number one, he was much more athletic than what Lonzo Ball was. Um, he was a better ball handler. Not not uh, He was a little bit of a better shooter. Um, but that was one of his reasons for leaving L.A. was because he wanted to draft De'Aaron Fox. And L.A. basically said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go with the hot kid who is the hometown kid. And uh, – they ended up trading Lonzo Ball away for a few picks and LeBron James. I mean, or LeBron James ended up signing with them, but um, they ended up trading him a few, a few years later when LeBron James showed up. So it's so you're kind of in that situation right now where it's like, okay, who who do I take here? Do I take this Caleb Williams kid who's a hot town? Or he's not really a hometown hero for Washington or anything, like that, but he's a big time Washington fan. Whatever the Kate grew up a Washington. No, he's fan. hometown kid. He's hometown um, kid. He's from DC. Okay, so he is a hometown kid, yep. so my mistake. So do you take this hometown kid that's really, really hyped up, or do you take a quarterback that's a lot more athletic, 
who who has shown, in my opinion, more promise at LSU than what Caleb Williams has shown at USC. Um, to and to me, it, it just makes more sense for them to take Jaden Daniels here than it does Caleb Williams. I think if Caleb was there at two, Washington's going to get him. But I do see your point. I do because Jaden does have a lot of talent. While I don't think he was the Heisman winner of last year. I just don't because his team was never in it, you know, like, you know, but he does have an extreme amount of talent. I think if Caleb's there, they would take Caleb, but I do see your, I think it's a very fair argument. I think the point is like, I don't think Drake's going to be their guy. I just don't. I think it's going to be Caleb or, or Jaden. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at on it. Another thing to keep in mind, I saw a report before we started. Um, apparently Denver is interested in making some big moves and trying to get Caleb. I'm not sure how I feel about that one because that would be a very big drop for the Bears from 1 to 12. Uh, we would need a lot. But you know what? I would also be fine with a lot, like multiple first, second-round picks. I know I know we have no second-round pick this year, and they really want to get you know into the second round right now. But give me like some first, second-round pick, and give me Patrick Sertain. I know that seems like a high asking price, but you're also asking for a very high – thing you're asking for the number one draft pick with a, right. uh, with a league-wide considered generational talent I'm not saying we say that league-wide though this is the the verdict amongst the 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 the, the clubs so give me patrick certain if you want to make that move denver balls in your court fuck you shane uh so next up number three pick for new england <laughs> i will say this i think even though we're under a new regime it would not shock me if new england pulled a bill belichick and traded down and honestly, a perfect candidate that I see as a trade up is Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I could see Atlanta could Falcons be. trying to go three and getting their QB, whether it be Jaden or Drake. In this mock draft, I, I have the Patriots keeping the pick and drafting Drake May, but it would not shock me if the Patriots traded back with someone like Denver or Atlanta. It just wouldn't, okay? So that's something to look at. Even Tennessee. I have the Patriots getting Caleb Williams. Okay. Uh, that's horrifying. Anyway. Uh, fourth pick for I me. I know, right? That's horrifying. Anyway. <laughs> uh, fourth pick for me, Arizona. Uh, you got to go with the surefire pick, Marvin Harrison Jr. Give Kyler Murray an incredible weapon. Uh, yeah, and if, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is here at four, I will agree with that. Um, I got the old tackle from uh, from Penn State. I cannot pronounce his name. Uh, I don't Olu, know. I can't yeah, pronounce Yeah, just say Olu uh, Fasho, like Tyler said in the chat. Olu Fasho. Olu, all right, fine. I, Olu Fasho. I, I'm yeah. not even going to try. Uh, just, o, Olu Fasho. Uh, no disrespect. Fashino. I, no I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. There's a, lot, there's a lot of names in here I'm going to butcher. Uh, one thing, Tyler, one thing Tyler said in, in chat, though, Tyler said, Rick, Washington picked hometown and fan in the first round in 2015 with Haskins. I don't see them taking Caleb. That's a good point. I forgot Haskins was from D.C. and a Washington fan Very growing good up, point. so I forgot all about that. But I would say in terms of, of, of a talent standpoint, I would I would con I consider Caleb more talented than Haskins, so that's the one difference here. Uh, but that's either near he, neither, he, neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, fifth pick. This is going to be an interesting one, man. I went back and forth a lot on this pick. Jim Harbaugh's first pick as the Chargers head coach. I went with the sure pick that everyone's predicting, but, man, it would not shock me if they went another route. It wouldn't shock me if they went corner here. wouldn't shock me if they went edge rush, but I'm going tight end. Brock Bowers, give Justin Herbert, you know, another incredible weapon, another incredible tight end talent to come out of this draft. Yeah, you and I have the same pick. I also have Brock Bowers. Uh, all right, six pick, uh, the Giants, another one where 
I went kind of back and forth. I could see them getting Joe Alt. They, you know, they need to protect Daniel Jones. But I'm going with I'm giving him a weapon. I'm giving him an explosive weapon. Giants, Malik neighbors. I like it. I like it. I've got Malik neighbors going a lot later than this, though. Um, you're gonna be shocked at this pick. Because <laughs> you and I just had this argument. I've got the Giants taking Drake May. Come on, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, I think uh I mean it's it, it's actually fairly simple. You gotta get somebody to back him up. He's injured prone like crazy. And so I mean, and this this would be it, this would be this will give them you know, their benefit of doubt. It's like can Daniel Jones be that franchise quarterback they're paid him to be? And if not, they've got a backup waiting for him. And I, like I said, I don't think Drake May is the greatest thing in the entire world, but apparently the draft board thinks he is. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for this. Uh, all right, Tennessee at seven. I've got them taking Joe Alt. I mean, they drafted Peter Scaronzi last year, but they played him at guard all year, so they still need to replace Taylor Lewan a year later. So Joe Alt, best tackle in the draft. I've also got them taking Joe Alt. Uh, all right, Atlanta. So for me, this is where, and I think this could realistically happen on draft night. I think we may not see a defensive player taken until Atlanta. I really think top 10 is going to be riddled with offense, whether it be skill, QB, or, or offensive line. Uh, I've got Dallas Turner, edge from Alabama, going to Atlanta. Best edge rusher in the draft. Did you did you peek at my stuff? Did you somehow, someway hack my computer and peek my stuff? That's like the third one, well, besides the Drake Major. That's the third of the last four that you and I have had the exact same one. I also had them getting Dallas Turner. All right, we'll see if we get number nine right. The Bears' second pick in the first round. I have them, they could go edge rush. They could. And, you know, if we sign a big-name wide receiver in free agency like a Calvin Ridley or Mike Evans, if they hit the market – uh, then I don't see us getting a receiver here and going edge rush. But right now, I do have them getting a receiver. I have them uh, drafting Romeo Odunze from Washington. That's a very, very good pick, and I almost went that way. I did go the edge rush. That's I fair. got them getting – I can't pronounce it. His last name is Latou from uh, UCLA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Latou. Latou is one of, like, one of the better edge rushers this draft, too. Him versus and, uh, Turner, man. All three of them are, are the, the top of the top right now. Uh, tith pick for the Jets. I have them trying to protect Aaron Rodgers. Olu Fashanu. Olu Fasho. Olu Fasho. Whatever. I have, yeah, I, I, you know, I probably should I pro I'll probably will change this, but I've got them getting Romeo Duns, uh, the wide receiver from Washington. Hey, nothing wrong with that pick. Uh, all right, my 11th pick, Minnesota. I've got them drafting cornerback Terrian Arnold uh, from Alabama. I also have them getting Terrian Arnold from Alabama. All right, 12th pick, Denver. Now, here's where I might be a little bit different because uh, Jerzon Newton, not sure how to pronounce his name, sorry, uh, defensive tackle from Illinois is considered the top of the top in terms of your interior D lineman this year. I got uh, Denver pulling a little bit of a fastball on this one. I got him going Byron Murphy the second defensive tackle from Texas. Feels like a Sean Payton kind of guy. You know how Sean Payton loves his D lineman, loves them, drafted them all the time in New Orleans. Yeah. I like Murphy here. But I think they can wait on him. I don't think they need to. I don't think oh, they need to they reach that far. Uh, I think Murphy's going to end up going top twenty, but it's later. I think it's like I mean, like he'll go in like I'd the fifteen to twenty range. 
I'd say I don't remember him going that high as, as far as some of the mock drafts I've seen. Then maybe maybe I maybe I'm wrong. I I do have them getting uh you're the first guy that you Newton. talked uh, uh Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Uh 13th pick of Vegas. I have them getting Kool-Aid McKinsey. Um <laughs> Kool-Aid. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Just because it's the name. Yeah. Just because it's the name. It's Kool-Aid. Yep. Uh, Saints, I have them getting Newton, defensive tackle from Illinois. I have them getting J.C. Latham, offensive tackle from Alabama. That's a good pick. I like that one. Uh, the Colts, I have them getting Jared Verse, edge rusher from Florida State. I swear you hacked my computer. I swear you hacked my computer. <laughs> you hacked my computer. You looked at my draft board. Let's just, you know, let's see here. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Jared first. Uh, yeah, I'll go have them get Jared first from Florida State. All right, Seattle, cornerback Nate Wiggins. I have them also getting a cornerback, but I got them getting Cooper to John from Iowa. That's my next pick, the Jacksonville, baby, because I want to see him in Jacksonville. Let's go. Uh, I do have a good pick for Jacksonville, but I have them getting an edge. Uh, Chop Robinson from Penn State. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Also, before I forget, because I totally forgot to mention it earlier, shout out to Minshew Mania making the Pro Bowl, baby. Let's go. Anyway, I saw a lot of people saying, this has got some big Tyler Huntley energy. No, no. Gardner no, played no, all no, year. No, say this. Gardner played all year, and no. the team was close to the playoffs. Yes, he did. Anyway, so yeah, Cooper DeGene for me for Jacksonville. Lo I love Cooper DeGene so much. Love him so much. I can't wait to see where this kid goes. Uh, for 18 for the Bengals, I have them getting uh, Mitchell, cornerback from Toledo. I have them getting a pick who I think is a perfect fit here considering they love the LSU Tigers there in Cincinnati. Uh, I got them, I got them getting Malik Neighbors. Ooh, another – well, I did see Tyler Boyd seems to probably be leaving Cincy, so that makes sense. And T. Higgins is due up for a contract. So that could work. Yep. That could work. Uh, 19, the Rams' first first-round draft pick since 2016. Since they drafted – Has it been that long? Yes. Since they drafted Jared Goff with the first overall pick, they have not had a first-round draft pick. Insane. Wow. I know. Uh, so I think cornerback is a way they could go here. I have them getting offensive tackle, though, J.C. Latham, because most of the best corners have now been taken in my mock draft. So I've also got them taking an O-tackle, but I've got them taking your boy from Oregon State, Talese Fuega. That's my next pick for the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the uh, – do the Dolphins have the next pick? Oh, no, no, no. It, uh, well, no, it's my Steelers. next pick for the Steelers. I, mis I, mis I misread the team. So, but he is my next pick before okay. the Steelers. I've got a Marius Mims going to the Steelers from, uh, from Georgia. Uh, so, for Miami, I have Tyler Guyton, uh, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. I've got Cameron Kitchens, safety from Miami. Uh, for next one, which would be the Eagles, I have them sticking to true Eagles capacity and drafting a Mary Smims from Georgia, continuing to make the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Yeah, that, that could be that could be a definitely possibility. Wouldn't surprise me. I've got them getting Nate Williams from Clemson. I'm sorry, Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Uh, Texans, I have them getting the edge rusher who has fallen way too far, and that is Latu Edge from UCLA. I have them getting a receiver from Florida State, Keon Coleman. You will, okay. Uh, next up is what? The Cowboys? Yeah, so for the Cowboys, for me, I have yep. them getting off the tackle. Get you guys build some trenches some more uh, with Jordan Morgan, off the tackle from Arizona. 
I, I could possibly see that, but I went a different direction. I got them getting Kingsley Sumateria from uh, uh from a BYU. Okay, all right. Uh, for the Packers, I have them getting Graham Barton, offensive, uh, you know, interior offensive lineman from Duke. You know, I think this is the kind of guy that fits that uh, that Packers offense. Yeah, he would be a de- he would be a good fit. I also, but I got them a guard. I got them Troy uh, a Fatanu. I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, Troy Fatanu. Uh, Troy Fontenot is actually my next pick with Tampa Bay, which also shot to Baker Mayfield for making the Pro Bowl as well. Yeah, and I, I'm going to root for Baker Mayfield so much. I really believe that he needs to get, he needs to get paid next year. Yep. But they also need to think about rebuilding at that position. I have them getting Michael Penix Jr. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I will go ahead and say this now, unless something drastically changes, I do not have Penix Jr. anywhere near my first round, as well as Bo Nix. Neither of them are are not first round grades for me. I don't have I don't I don't have Bo Nix in my first round. Yeah, Penix. My issue with Penix from a I'm try again I'm trying to look at it from accuracy, not my own personal opinion. You know, my issue right. with Penix is injury history. He's only completed like I think one season, and this was his past season, maybe two. I think both Washington seasons he actually finished the season, but every other season he is in it's ended with injury. So I think with that and age, I think I think teams are he'll be lucky to go round three. Uh, as much as I hate that for him. Really? I, I would be shocked if he went round two. I'd be sh- very shocked if he went round one. Very shocked. I will say, dude, some of these mock drafts, though, you know what they're giving me that I've seen? They are giving me massive. Um, uh, was it 2022 draft? That Was that the one where Kenny Pickett got drafted, or was that 2021? Uh, it was 2021. Okay. Th- no, that was, uh, that I was, think was, no, that was 2022. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he he played yeah he played yeah this year was the okay. second this past year was the second season. Mock drafts right now are giving me massive twenty twenty two vibes of quarterbacks where everyone has like you know everyone had Sam Howell and Malik Willis potentially going top five you know and obviously Kenny was taken at twenty and the next quarterback wasn't taken until like the third round with Desmond Ritter. I'm getting the same vibe because I've seen Bo Nix crack into the top ten. I've seen JJ McCarthy go as high as Minnesota. Uh, I have seen uh, Michael Penix Jr. in the first round, and these are three guys I do not see cracking the t- the first round. Could that change with combine and mo- and uh, and pro and uh, pro days? Yes, but as of right now, I, I just I don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh, so next up was Arizona, their second pick. I have them getting Chop Robinson, edge from Penn State. Oh, you had him falling a little bit more than I did. Okay. Yep. Um, let's see here. I have Leonard. I have Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle out of Miami. Ooh, okay. Uh, I, I, man, I hope he goes in the first round. I love that guy so much. I was so pumped when we recruited him. Uh, I know my, it's, I know it's a little bit of a reach, but they, they do need, they do need a tackle. I think he can re, I think he can crack into the top, uh, to the first round. It's going to be late first, but I think it's possible. But I got another guy that I think can crack into the first round with my next pick with the Buffalo Bills is Cameron Kitchens, safety from Miami from the U. Uh, I, th- I like this pick a lot to put it, you know, uh, build up that Buffalo secondary a little bit. I'm a big fan of this pick. I hope, you know, Buffalo's got a, got a little bit of a, you know, they basically got a second home down in the, in uh, Miami. So, you know, with how they've been drafting. Yeah. But, um, I went a different direction cause I, I Tyler do, supports me at this point. I'm not, I'm not so sure if the bills are going to, I, I'm not so sure if Stefan Diggs is going to stay with the bills, man, that's a big question uh, mark. So yeah. I, that's the biggest question mark, and so until then, I'm going to stick with wide receiver from LSU, Brian Thomas Jr. Well, 
I would say the chances of Stefan staying are high, but not great. Now, the one that is, in my opinion, gone would be their number two guy, Gabe Davis. So your pick is totally great in that position because it's at least giving you a number two guy beside Diggs. You know, it's just right. going to come down if Dix really just says, all right, I'm fucking done here. Trade me. Because he's already been signed. You know what I mean? He's already been signed. But, uh, but yeah, like Tyler just said, I'd 99% uh, support that. Uh, but he says that means Gabe Davis would be leaving. Uh, Tyler thinks they need to go DB. Um, but he, you know, he definitely likes that pick. Uh, next up with the Lions, like I said earlier, this is the hardest team to predict <laughs> with how they like the draft. <laughs> so I went with a reach. I went with a guy that I think fits Dan Campbell so well. I went with Enos Rackestraw Jr., cornerback from Missouri. I love this kid. I love this pick for the brand new lines. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. Probably not. I've mispronounced multiple names. <laughs> so I, I just want to say, I, I don't know if this pick is going to make you walk away like the Drake May pick was, uh, but... um. I think this one will get you, though. I have them keeping former Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy. I think they draft a QB here. All right, so I'm going to hit the music, and we're going to get out of here for the day. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. I really appreciate you guys watching and listening to the show. You guys are fantastic. Uh, but I think we're going to have to get out of here. I think I got some fish waiting for me inside, so I'm going to go in and eat. We'll follow up next week. No, but what are you thinking? Hey, it's a terrible football show, and it's the first draft. Leave me alone. Think about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just saying, now think about it. So think about it. You just said it yourself, that it's, this is the hardest one to do. Why is that? Because we don't know what they're going to do. I just thought, why not keep the home Why not keep the home state hero? He just won a national championship at Michigan. He's a fairly good quarterback. Why not draft a quarterback to learn underneath, underneath Jared Goff? He can't play forever. I think Jared Goff has like legitimately like another like solid six years in this in his in his body, dude. You're probably you're you're probably right, but guess what? How long did how long did Jordan Love wait behind Aaron Rodgers? Four, three, three, three. So I mean, yeah, that's fair. I'm not, I'm not saying he's gonna like take a starting spot, but I'm just saying like right now at this pick. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, what it, else? Green Bay's done they, it twice, so I guess I can't anything? critique it. Is there anything, is there any position right now that you just got to say, man, they're desperate to get one of those? No, because they're already, they're, they're basically already set. I mean, yeah, it would help to beef up the defensive line a little bit because they did have a little bit of trouble uh, against San Francisco, punching in, you know, and pressuring, uh, uh, pressuring, uh, uh, What's his name? Brock Purdy, and Purdy was able to, was able to beat them. I mean, they were they couldn't they couldn't stop Christian McCaffrey very well, but it was I mean they still did decent on. Them. But I'm just saying, like in general, there's nothing desperate right now about the Detroit Lions. It's all about building the future for them right now because they're the present time they're fine right now. They just need to start building a little bit on the future on the back end. Why not get a quarterback that could possibly that could possibly do wonders with them? I'm not saying that I'm going to keep him there, but I'm just saying you know, I got to the point like you were, and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Here's JJ McCarthy. Well, out of all the quarterbacks that would be available at that spot, JJ would be the best pick from an age standpoint. 
Because, I mean, I really think you can get – I mean, you if you wanted to treat it like the Green Bay situation and have the guy set for three years, like they did it with Aaron, like they did with Jordan, both of those seem to work out fine. <laughs> then you don't want to get a guy like Bo Nix who's already like 24 or a Penix Jr. who's already 25. You know what I mean? Like by the time they'd be to play, you they'd think, be 28 years old. Your opinion, do you think Bo Nix cracks, cracks the second or third round? Uh, yes, 100%. I, I, I think it'll be more third round. See, I, I'm I'm leaning more towards second, but yeah, a third round is probably going to be the the best fit. Honestly, again, he, I said I wouldn't draft he, a quarterback in the first round last year. And here's my prediction on the QBs. Out of all like the the big name QBs, you know, the big three, and then the next three being JJ, Bo, and uh, Michael. Michael's going to be the last one to get drafted. We'll see. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. Just because of the injury thing. That's the only reason. He'll get drafted. I saw someone talk about where it's possible he could go undrafted. I don't think that's going to happen. He will get drafted, but I think it could be a day three. I think he could be a day three draft, so like four to four to seven. So we'll see. Watch Jerry Jones draft him. Have four <laughs> quarterbacks on the roster. All right, let's finish up real quick so we can get you on your way. Uh, next up, we got Baltimore at 30. Uh, I have them getting Kamari Lester, uh, cornerback from Georgia. And I believe that's 31, isn't it? Is that pick 31? No, that'd be 30. I have 31 on my list. Hmm. Weird. Oh, wait, then it, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because I had them 31, then I had the Chiefs 32. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, what'd you get for Baltimore? Okay, yeah, then again, then again, when I did my draft, this was last week, so yeah, this oh, was last okay. week. Uh, so yeah, well, so yeah, so, all right, uh, Kamari Laster, also uh, Kamari Laster going here. Okay. Uh, so for the 31st pick, so I used uh, PFF, which I guess they've made their thing free again. So shout out to that. The greedy bastards last year. Uh, oh, I know. I know what happened. I know what happened. I know what happened. Kansas City. I had Kansas City at 29 last week. This when I whatever I did oh, mine last week. Okay. So yeah. my my so my th my 31 was San Francisco. Oh, okay. All right. I was, so. My my twenty nine was the Kansas City Chiefs. Your twenty nine was the Detroit Lions. Yep. So that that's where it got picked. Okay, so I'll I'll reveal my pick here in a minute. Go ahead. Uh so for me, I had thirty one, Kansas City was the pick, and that's just based on the how PFF had it. I'm gonna be honest. Spoiler for next week, I have Kansas City winning the Super Bowl, so they'd be the thirty second pick. But either way, so Kansas City here at thirty one. I have them beefing up the receiving core. Uh, you got to throw it to someone else besides Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Tony is a shit show. Sky Moore wasn't bad in his rookie year, but he's still a rookie. He's still got. I, I have them getting a guy that can maybe replace what Tyreek Hill was. I have them getting Troy Franklin from Oregon. Ooh, I forgot about him. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a really, really good pick. Uh, I've got them going to Donnie Mitchell at a wide receiver out of Texas. I had them looking at Xavier Worthy as well. I think I think one of the Texas receivers could slip into the first round, if not both. It's yep, it's it's gonna yep, it's gonna it's gonna be good with regardless. But yeah, so that means my thirty second pick would have been the Ravens, who actually got moved up. So that's that's what it is. Okay. Yep. So for me, my thirty second pick was San Fran. I have been getting Braylon Trice, uh, edge rush from Washington. Keep beefing up the defense, baby. Yeah, um, and I and I would have to redo this whole entire thing again because, like I said, I did mine like last week. So this was this was the order that this was the order that gave me. Uh, this is definitely going to change uh, because of the fact is that uh, if if there's better if there's a better player 
than Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson. I, th- I think the Ravens go after that player instead, but we'll see. I like Trotter a lot. That's a guy I could see go, so, being a Dan Campbell guy. <laughs> they already got their linebacker, though. Hey, could they, got be. J- they got Jack Campbell already. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, if Dan Campbell truly tried to get Cooper DeGene, man, to really make it those Iowa roots. You know what I mean? Already got Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta last year. Go, go, trade up, get Cooper, Cooper DeGene, baby. I'd love to see Cooper in, uh, in Detroit, man. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome, man. That's a Dan. Anyone who wears an Iowa Hawkeye uniform is a Dan Campbell guy. Yep. So anyway, so there's our 1.0s. We'll do 2.0s sometime after the Super Bowl. So, which actually reminds me, let's go over schedule for the show uh, for the Super Bowl and everything. So next week, uh, ATFS will be on for Tuesday, like we have been normally in the past. Uh, then the week after that, we will actually be on for Thursday, the 15th, and that will be our final episode for Season 3 of ATFS. Uh, we will plan to take the last two weeks off of February, and we will kick back off March 5th on Tuesday, and we will run Tuesdays in March for Season 4 of ATFS. We're going to have a new coat of paint. It's going to be great. Can't wait. So that's our upcoming schedule. So shout out to that. Make sure to be here. We'll probably do some more mock drafts. Um, I would say probably starting on season four. You know, we'll you know, just do the one mock draft for uh, uh, season uh, season three to end off. Uh, I'd probably say sometime in March we'll probably be having player rankings as well. We did that last year. Where we put our top five players per, you know, certain positions and stuff. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. So I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. I know you got somewhere to be. I have fish waiting for me inside, and I am hungry as shit. So I'm going to play the music. Ricky, any last thoughts you want to say before you get out of here? Y'all have a good week. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. It's going to be fun. Shout out to Gardner Minshew, baby. Minshew Mania running wild in Orlando. Love to see it. And Baker Mayfield. Let's go, baby. All right. So if you made all the way to the end, we appreciate the absolute hell to you. Make sure to come back next week. And then, like I said, we after that, we'll be on for Thursday. And then it's... Into season three, man. It's been a hell of a year. Been a hell of a football year. Hell of a season for ATFS. And I'm so pumped up for season four. Got a new coat of paint coming. Got some funny ideas, some cool ideas to help enhance the show a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, if you made it all the way in, we appreciate the absolute hell of you. Um, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, follow the podcast if you're listening to the audio version. Uh, do, do all the things. All the things that are down in the description below. Uh, until next time, guys, have a good one. Bye.